0: Good morning to LifeBridge Online. I'm Pastor Chris and I am excited that you are here. Whether you're watching now or watching later, you are welcome to learn with us. Our goal is to bridge the gap between biblical learning and radical living. And to help get that word out, we ask every week, but this is a great time to like, share, uh, get... You know, Let people know what you're learning from God's Word and let them get in on it. Now, if this is your first time, I want you to know I'm glad you're watching. We're in the midst of a series called Surrender, Wisdom's Path to Success. And we're taking a deep dive through the rich wisdom of Proverbs 3. And let me just ask you this. Here's how you benefit from... The teaching and the preaching of God's word. Have an open Bible and an open heart. An open Bible and an open heart. And so if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to Proverbs 3. That's where we're going to get to, Proverbs 3. And while you're doing that, let's also uh, pause for a moment and ask the Lord to open our hearts so that we can hear and learn from Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come and we just pause because what we're about to hear is divine revelation. It's you speaking to us through your word and through uh, your servant. And so we want to hear from you. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. We look out in the world and sometimes we don't have to look beyond our own lives. You are shaking the world. You are sifting your people. And Lord, if there's a time when we need wisdom from above, it's now. And so, Lord, may our hearts be teachable, open, and may we be quick to hear and quick to do what you teach us this morning. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, here's what we're going to realize, and this is really part two of a message that we started last week, and it's this. We all have certain tendencies that cause us to make foolish choices that can be very costly to ourselves and to others. And in these tendencies, these tendencies can lead us to temptations that, make, that, that will tempt us to make foolish choices and sinful decisions. And here's the good news. In Proverbs 3... God is speaking to us as a wise father, and he's warning us about these tendencies. And here's what he's saying to you and me. Surrender your foolish tendencies and replace them with the wise traits that will keep you on wisdom's path to success. And so last week we talked about surrendering these foolish tendencies. And this week I want to help you replace them with the wise traits that the wise Heavenly Father tells us. So to see it for yourself in your Bible, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 1, drop down to verse 11, and then verse 21 Because each of these verses begin with the Father addressing my son. And so let's do that. Let's look in your Bibles, Proverbs 3, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So there's the first one. The second address is in verse 11. Drop down to verse 11. Once again, you see, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father in whom he delights. And then drop down to verse 21. Again, you see, my son, notice verse 21. And we're going to read down through verse 26. My son, let them not depart from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes for the Lord will be your confidence and I will keep your foot from being caught. I will guard you. Very interesting. Let's look at this. Now, very quickly, uh, as we did last week, I just want to make three observations about the passages that we just read. And here they are. Every time... My son appears, there's a warning to surrender a foolish tendency common to fallen humanity. And and we talked about this in depth last week, but as we read, the tendency to forget clear commands. The tendency to reject loving correction, that's verse 11. And the tendency to ignore wise counsel in verse 21. So, my son forsake. It's a warning about surrendering and not yielding to these foolish tendencies. Second observation, every warning is in the negative. Do not, do not, do not, because these are our natural tendencies. Look, if we don't hear from God, This is what we're going to do. We're going to forget His commands. We're going to reject His loving correction. We're going to ignore His wise counsel. And even if you are a born-again child of God, with God as your Heavenly Father, Jesus as your Savior and Lord, we have these three same foolish tendencies in our spiritual life as well. Third observation. Every foolish tendency has an opposing wise trait that needs to replace the foolish tendency. And so last week we talked about surrendering the foolish tendency. You can find that message on wearelifebridge.com, our website, or here on Facebook. You can find that. But this week we want to focus on replacing the foolish tendencies with wise traits. Because here's what I want you to get. Here's what this entire message is founded on. And it's this idea. So I want you to get it. Sanctification is always a replacement process. It's not enough to not do some things. We need to replace them with the positive traits that God wants. And as a wise father here in Proverbs 3, we're told not only to surrender foolish traits, but we're also told the wise Traits We need to replace and need to dwell in our hearts. And so I've given you a chart here. If you download the notes, you can see that. And here's the chart in the center. You see the clear commands, his loving correction, his wise counsel. These are the three uh, words of warning to the from the father to the son. But in Proverbs, everything's like a path. There's two paths always in Proverbs, and one is the broad way that foolish people go down and the other is the narrow way that wise people take that leads to life. And so when you hear God's commands, when you... Receive his loving correction. When you are given his wise counsel, you have this path. You can either yield to your foolish tendencies, and the father says, no, don't forsake the commands. Don't resent the loving correction. Don't ignore my wise counsel. Or you can replace those tendencies with the wise traits. And the idea is, when you hear his commands... Exercise obedient trust. When you hear his loving correction, have a teachable heart. And when you hear or are given wise counsel, make a discerning, wise choice. So that's kind of an overview of everything we're going to look at. And so let's dive in and look at these wise traits that are to be established in our hearts so that we can stay on wisdom's path to success in God's eyes. And so here's what we need to do. The first trait is this. Trust in the Lord to establish obedience. Obedience. Why? Because obedience is the measure of remembering God's commands. That's what we see in verse 1. Obedience is the measure of remembering God's commands. Now, remember, we talked last week that forgetting or forsaking God's commands means to, to not... If we forsake those commands, then we're not obeying them. And if we remember those commands, then we're obeying them. Look at uh, Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. You see in the Bible, forgetting leads to forsaking and remembering leads to obeying listen when you begin to forget god's word you begin to forsake the lord himself man that's that's a that's a serious warning for all of us you see forgetting the word of the lord leads to forsaking the lord himself so the question is this how can we keep and guard god's commands god's word How do we do that? Here's what you need. You need a heart that treasures the Lord and trusts in His Word. You need a heart that treasures God, treasures the Lord, treasures what He values, and therefore you trust in what He says. And so let me give you three very practical ways that you can treasure the Lord and trust in His Word. And the first is this. You've got to know his commands from his word now this one's kind of obvious i mean you can't obey what you don't know and what you know you need to obey and so know his commands the father's commands are a blessing that provide what is best for us and warn us from what is bad for us and so just get into god's word with a positive approach because god his commands are not burdensome they are not meant to limit or curse us they are meant as a blessing to protect and provide for us and just knowing the word of God begins with reading it and this week I was so blessed a woman an older lady in our church uh, shared with me her testimony about reading the Bible and and she shared it with me in our small group and here's what she said I read the Bible through the first time two years ago this time I listened to the Bible and just finished it yesterday. I finished it now for the second time. And this morning, I'm starting it again for the third time. Now, stop and realize this lady is saying, look, I've been through the whole Bible twice now, and I am eager and ready to do it again. She goes on and she says, even though I'm listening, I feel it helps me a lot. Since I have been back to LifeBridge, I feel I have learned so much. I wouldn't have read through it once if I hadn't come back to our church. And I love all the friendships I have since I came back and from when I was here before. This lady just overflowed with joy and excitement. Why? Because she's knowing God through knowing and reading God's word. But we need to be move beyond just knowing the second aspect of treasuring God and His Word is understand His commands with His people. Understand His commands with His people. You see, our wise Heavenly Father has made every provision so that we can not only know His Word, but so we can understand it. And here's how He's done it. He's given us His pastors to help us to understand His Word. But not only that, He's given us his people to help us to understand his word. And here's how it works. Pastor teachers are given to the church to exhort and to explain and to proclaim and, uh, and help us understand God's word. But also, according to Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, they are also to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And part of that is equipping God's people To understand and feed themselves. You see, shepherds feed the sheep, but they also teach the sheep how to feed themselves and one another. And so here, let me read the rest of this lady's testimony. She goes on and she says, Thank you so much, everyone, and also for helping me when I have needed it. Also, a very special thank you to Dawana, a lady in our church, for all the days we listened to the word together and talked together about the word of God. It helped me understand his word so much more than I ever could have without you. I can't wait until COVID-19 is gone so that we can start up again. Did not plan to talk so much, she says. I just felt I had to share. I just felt I had to share with our group. And I also get so emotional. I start crying, but that's just me. I know I had to write it down because if I tried to say it to everyone, I would be crying so much you probably wouldn't understand me. Love you and thank you. Oh, my, that just blesses my heart. But do you hear what she's saying? She's saying, look, our church has helped me to not only know the word, but to understand it. My small group has helped me, but also another sheep, another person, another member who helped me read and understand. And we talked about the word. It's exciting to think that this lady has gone through the word. Two times and a now for a third time. And the prayer I have for her and for all of us is that we would not only go through the word, but that the word would begin to go through us. And that leads me to the third way that we treasure the Lord and trust his word. And that's this, apply his commands by in his son and by his spirit. Apply his commands in his son and by his spirit. Now, this is what wisdom is all about. It's knowledge plus understanding applied to daily life. Obedience is the measure of remembering God's commands. I want to illustrate that for you one more time from the youth group I worked with down in Dallas, Texas. These Korean American kids taught me as much or more than I probably taught them, but... We were going through a time where we were teaching them Berean Bible study, inductive Bible study. And so I was teaching them this and we were going through the steps of consecration, observation, interpretation, application, communication. And we were talking and leading into application. And one Sunday I asked this young lady by the name of Unsuk, what did she do to remember what she had learned from interpreting and studying God's word. What did you do? And I was trying to lead her into saying, I write down what I have learned. And so I said, "Unsuk, what do you do to remember what you have learned from God's word? And she's a very sweet, a very quiet teenager. And she just looked at me, blinked a few times, thought about it. And then she said, I apply it. Boom. I mean, she nailed it. I apply it. I thought that was tremendous, and I've never forget, forgotten it to this day. You see, ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible. It doesn't matter how much you understand about the Bible. What matters in the long run is whether you obey what you know and understand. Obedience is the measure of remembering and knowing and understanding the Bible. And please understand, when we talk about this, the measure is not perfection. You don't have to be perfect in reading, understanding, and even applying God's word. Jesus already has the perfection part down. He's already given you his perfection as a free gift. No, what the Father is looking for is not perfection, but progress. So let me ask you this morning. I know you're, all of us are growing old as Christians, but are we growing up in the Lord? Are you trusting in a past decision or are you obeying a present deliverer? That's what wise sons and daughters do. And so replace the tendency to forsake God's commands and to forget about them with the wise trait of an obedient trust. Now, there's a second trait. And this is it. Because we're not all going to obey. I just said that. We're not always going to obey perfectly. And when we don't, the Father's going to correct us. And here's the second trait we need. Teachability is the mark of learning from correction. Teachability is the mark of learning from correction. Look again in your Bibles. Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. And so here's the question I want to ask and answer, and it's this. What's the opposite of rejecting and resenting loving correction. We talked about that foolish tendency last week. Well, here it is. Receive it with a teachable heart. Don't resent it. Don't reject when you're being reproved and corrected by the Lord. Instead, receive it with a teachable heart. Now, what does teachability look like? Let me just give you five. These are just, I mean, there's probably more. Here's five to think about. And just kind of evaluate Don't nudge your neighbor. Let the Lord nudge your own heart in this area. And here they are listening when others are trying to correct. Don't think about what, whether they're wrong. Don't think so much about what you're going to say to them. Just listen when others are trying to correct. Number two, receiving rebuke when it's given. Receive the rebuke. Uh, Even if they're doing it wrong, and believe me, We are all imperfect rebukers. You know, if you're only going to listen to the perfect person who perfectly rebukes you, you're not going to have a teachable heart, okay? You've got to listen. And so sometimes, a lot of times, the people that are rebuking us, even what they're saying is not 100% right. That's okay. Look for the 1% that is correct and receive it from as from the lord third refusing to defend yourself or justify the wrong okay here's another mark of a teachable heart refusing to defend or justify yourself Four, accepting responsibility instead of blame shifting and making excuses man our hearts are just in blame shift and excuse mode all the time and we have to resist that and then fifth applying proverbs 3 5 through 7 listen the answer to everything in this series is proverbs 3 5 through 7 hey a teachable heart will trust in the lord and, 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 and acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him even when you're being rebuked. Lean not on your own understanding. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Those are the marks of a teachable heart. Now, listen, what marked the Apostle Peter as a true disciple? was not that he never failed. It wasn't that he never needed to rebuke. Man, this man was getting rebuked by the Lord all the time. What marked him as a a true disciple was not his perfectionism, but his teachability and his response to reprove. So you want to be a Peter, not a Judas. That's the difference between these two men. One had a teachable heart. And one had a hard heart of unbelief. And so here's what Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, which is quoted, by the way, in the New Testament in Hebrews 12. Here's three truths about the Father's love. Listen, here's the key. When someone's rebuking you and when you're being corrected, don't think so much about that person, but stay focused on the loving heart of your heavenly father. Let me give you these three truths. First of all, the father loves you enough to correct you as his very own child. Man, that's the impact of verses 11 and 12. That's the reason it's quoted in Hebrews 12. The idea is this, God is correcting you, not because he's a constant critic critic and a nitpicker. It's because he's a loving heavenly father. And he wants you to grow up to be the best you can be. And the best you can be is to be more and more like him and his son. You're in the family, and he wants you to display the family likeness, the family character. And so, out of love, he corrects. Secondly, A teachable heart stays focused on the father's love because the father loves you enough to correct you for a purpose. Again, the father doesn't get his kicks off of rebuking, disciplining, and correcting his children. No, he has a higher purpose. And when you go to Hebrews 12 where... Uh, The author quotes these two verses. He really gets into that purpose. But for here, I just want to read 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, because it kind of gives the Father's fourfold purpose for correcting us. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for four things, for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good purpose. Listen, God's purpose is to make you more like his son and to prepare you to serve him and to serve others. And so he reproves you so that you know where you're wrong. He corrects you so that you know how to make it right. And he instructs you so you know why it's wrong and why his way is the best way. And parents, let me give you a free piece of advice on disciplining kids. This aspect is what's so overlooked in, in disciplining kids. You don't just tell them uh, where they're wrong. You, just don't, you don't just tell them how to correct it. You've got to tell them why it's wrong And why God's way is the better way. And then, fourthly, he parents you by walking you through the process. And parents, that is key. Listen, don't discipline out of anger. God does not discipline out of uncontrolled anger. And don't let godly discipline ever become spiritual, emotional, or physical abuse. That is not godly discipline. Instead, walk with your kids through the process. Show them why you're disciplining them. Never discipline out of anger. And then tell them how much you love them after the discipline has been completed. And then third, a teachable heart stays focused on the fact that the Father loves you so much that He will use any means necessary to discipline us. Pause and reflect on that. That's scary, but it's true. The Father loves you so much, He'll use any means necessary to make you more like His Son and to enable you To enjoy the fullness of living in his likeness. Listen, one time, you know, what are some of the things that God will use to correct us? Well, one time in the Old Testament, he used a talking jackass. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you've been rebuked by a talking, you know, donkey. Somebody's talking to you and you're like, you know what? You're just a real, you know, donkey. And yet that can still be God speaking and rebuking you and correcting you. One time in the Old Testament, he made a mysterious hand appear on the wall to write a message of judgment. And often, as you read through the Old Testament especially, you see that God will even use unbelievers to correct his own children. Now, what am I trying to say here? I'm saying this. The Father loves you so much that He'll use imperfect, selfish, foolish, and proud people to correct you. And here's the key. Teachable people look beyond the messenger to hear the message from their loving Heavenly Father. Now, that is gold. That is wisdom. Now, let me very quickly... And very seriously say, I am not saying that you remain in an abusive situation. I am not giving license to for someone to abuse you. And you look past them and hear God's message. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this. Is that if you are always looking at the messenger and seeing their imperfection, you will not hear. The message of correction that your perfect heavenly father is trying to deliver to you. Now, you're saying, how in the world can anyone ever do that? You know what the answer is? I hope in this series you know. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. How do I get a teachable heart? How do I receive rebuke, correction, when our flesh doesn't want to hear it? doesn't want to confess it, doesn't want to admit it, you've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, even when being rebuked. Acknowledge the Lord and He will make your path straight. Fear the Lord and turn away from whatever God is trying to correct in your life, whatever and whoever He's using to do it. You trust in him, and that brings us to the third wise trait. Okay, an obedient trust, and and a a uh, a, a humble, uh, a teachable heart that listens to correction. Here's the third trait: discernment is the means of profiting from God's counsel. The key to benefiting from wise counsel is to. Have discernment to make wise choices. Look with me again at verses 21 through 22 in Proverbs 3. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Keep discernment and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and adornment your neck. And so look again at verse 21. What are we to keep? And there's some interpretive options there, but the bottom line is this. What are we to keep? Sound wisdom and discretion. In other words, here's the point. Be discerning so that you can choose wisely no matter who crosses your path or what tempts you. The key to wise choices is a constant discernment what do i mean by that see situations from god's perspective so that you are free to choose wisely no matter who is tempting you no matter what is facing you no matter how dark the day no matter how evil the times no matter how difficult and how much suffering you and i may enter into you know 2020 has been quite a year and we're only you know we're a little over halfway no matter what happens we need discernment more than ever because discernment is the means of benefiting from god's counsel now how do you how do you keep it how do you guard it we're told to keep it guard it we'll stay focused on And stand guard over wise discernment. So God's wisdom is never far from your heart. In other words, constantly keep alert to what's going on in your mind and your heart. And stand guard over and keep watch over and protect the wisdom that God has given you. In other words, what's happening in this verse is God's warning us. This wise father is warning his son... Look, you're like a leak. You're like a like a uh, a bucket with a hole in it. When it comes to God's wisdom, it's constantly dripping, leaking out of you, and you've got to guard it, and you've got to keep watch over it. And so here's what happens. Why should we do this? And here's the second point: because the Lord rewards the discerning with personal renewal and public respect. Look at verses 21 and 22. In verse 21, he says, keep it, guard it. Wise choices based on a discerning outlook. Verse 22, why? So that they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Now, here's what's interesting. Without getting too deep in the weeds, the Hebrew word for soul there literally means neck. And he's tying these two parts of verse 22 together. And he's saying this. When you are a discerning person making wise choices, it will bring inner renewal. You'll swallow life down to your innermost parts. But also, it will be like a necklace around that same throat. And the people around you and outside of you will look and say, there's a wise man, there's a discerning woman. There's a teenager that makes wise choices. There's a parent that sees parenting from God's perspective. Boy, there's there's someone going through some hard times, but they keep seeing it from God's perspective. They go back to their divine GPS and they let God give them the perspective on what they're going through. Now, what's going to be the result from establishing all three of these traits? Okay, An obedient heart, or I'm sorry, an obedient trust, a teachable heart, and discerning choices. When you get those three, and parents, again, let me just challenge you. Man, these are three priorities in your parenting. Hey, this is more important than making the sports team. It's more important than what college they get into. It's more important than what grades they make. Listen, this is the priority. An obedient trust to a loving Heavenly Father. A teachable heart. When you or the Father or anyone corrects them. And a discerning decision making in life. Listen, it won't matter what school they go to. It won't matter... What people they encounter. If they have these things, these treasures in their heart, they will succeed in God's eyes. So, what happens? The wise son or daughter who lives with these three wise traits are going to experience two wonderful gifts from God total security and eternal security. Total security for this life and eternal security for the life to come. You say that sounds too good to be true. Where is it found? Well, look in your Bibles in verses 23 through 24, you see total security for this life. Then you will walk securely, you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do you see the total security? It doesn't matter whether it's day or night. It doesn't matter whether you're awake or asleep. God will secure your life. You will have smooth steps and sweet sleep. Listen, there's a whole lot of people in the midst of this year, in the midst of this virus, who are anxious fearful and worried and we get that we all have that tendency but the lord can give you a security a stability and a sleep and a peace that passes all understanding you can walk through 2020 without tripping and you can sleep without worrying why Because you're seeing life from God's perspective. You're trusting him and you're obeying him. You're having a teachable heart and you're making wise choices. But look at verses 25 through 26. This isn't a prosperity gospel where everything's going to be perfect. It's an inner security that the Lord gives you. And it's really an eternal Security. Look at verses 25 and 26. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. Why? For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Now, there's two ways in your English Bibles that this is translated, especially verse 25. One option is to see that, uh, that uh, it's translated in a way that says, do not fear a surprise attack by the wicked. Okay. But there's another way to translate this. And when you compare Scripture with Scripture and trace this word out and this phrase in the rest of Proverbs, the other way is do not fear the sudden judgment that will fall on the wicked. In other words, if you will trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, manifest that trust with obedience and a teachability and a discernment, then guess what? As you guard your discernment and your heart, the Lord will guard you and deliver you from eternal judgment that will suddenly fall on the foolish and the wicked. If you, if you think about these passages in this whole chapter, it begins with we, us, guarding wisdom, and it ends with the promise that when we do, God will eternally guard us, for we have put our trust in, in him we have acknowledged him in all our ways and so here's my challenge and here's my question to you this morning and it's simply this are you stumbling through the dark days of your soul are you overwhelmed and overcome with what's going on in your life our city our nation, this world? Are you disobeying God's clear commands and and rejecting the loving correction that He sends your way through imperfect messengers? Are you ignoring the wise counsel that comes from your heavenly Father and comes through teaching like this and through loving correction from others? Listen, surrender Your foolish tendencies to forsake God's word, to reject his correction, and to make foolish choices, to ignore his wise counsel, and surrender your tendencies to the one who was perfectly obedient to his heavenly father, was totally teachable in his suffering as a son, and undeniably discerning in all things surrender to the lord jesus christ who is wisdom wrapped in human flesh listen he's the perfect son of god he's the sinless son of man he died to deliver you from your foolish tendencies and he rose from the grave to change your heart and to write these traits obedience teachability discernment he will write them on your heart but you've got to turn to him by grace meaning lord i can't do this only you can you've got to turn to him in faith saying lord i have no you know my obedience doesn't measure up i reject correction more than i accept it And look, Lord, I have ignored your counsel for days, months, years. Listen, I have nothing. I come empty handed. But Lord, I put my trust in your son, who was perfectly obedient, who learned from his own suffering, not because he had sinned, but he was teachable. He was always doing the father's will from a heart that love the Father. Man, Jesus awaits you, but you've got to turn to Him by faith in Him alone. And here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. He will become your obedience. He will become your teachability. He will become your wisdom and your security. And as you turn over your life to him, he will guard you in this life and in the life to come. And you will find inner life and outer respect and you will give God the glory for it all. I want to pray with you. If you make a decision to trust in him, I want you to put it in the comments. We have a connection card there that you can fill out. But I just want to pray for us right now. Father, I come. And I just thank you for the grace and the wisdom and the love that you shower on us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful, Lord, that we don't have to measure up. It's a free gift. We don't have to be perfect. In fact, we're far from perfect. We've fallen short of your glory, and we're worthy and deserving of eternal judgment far away from you. But you have come in your Son. And you've offered to give us your wisdom, your heart, and he becomes wisdom for us. I pray that transaction, that, that reception of that free gift would happen in hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, glad you joined us. See you same time next week as we begin to wrap up our study of Proverbs 3.